Welcome to Asset Blocks Business Owner Edition because wealth creation is different for Australian business owners. Today, we're talking about what is enough creating a wealth goal. But before we get started, let's cue the disclaimer. Charlie here from Asset Blocks, and I need to let you know that this is a disclaimer. Grant, myself, and the Asset Blocks team are in no way, shape, or form qualified to give you personalized financial or investment advice. We're merely sharing our own experiences and opinions, but you should absolutely seek the help of professionals before acting on anything you hear in this podcast or on our brand. So, this episode is important, and I always liken a wealth strategy or wealth goals to the plane analogy. You could have this amazing checking experience nice in-flight entertainment, smooth flight, no turbulence, and have this awesome landing. But if you land in New Zealand, when you're actually meant to go to the UK, was it really worth all the time, effort, and money? And it's the exact same for wealth creation. Having a wealth goal provides markers along the way, which means that you can invest appropriately. So if you're an Australian business owner and is interested in creating wealth and seeing how others have built their wealth goals, or if you're getting started and it's a brand new concept, then this episode is for you. And if at any point in time you would like access to any of the calculators, the templates, the checklists that we refer to or talk about, head over to assetblocks.com.au, click free resources and get access to whatever you need. So be sure to enjoy the show, subscribe if you like it, and share it with anyone else who's also going through the same journey. Now, without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Ah, Charlie, wealth creation. So many similarities to business. Did you want to peel the top off this one just to get us started? Absolutely, but first, recognition to the merch. Got a little package in the mail. Uh, for anyone watching the video, I'm wearing an official Asset Blocks hat. If you would like one, please contact us. Uh, send your emails to Grant so he has to deal with it instead of me. <laughs> so, rep in the merch. The merch. Love it. Absolutely. I mean, this is a, such an important topic and I feel like it's uh, awesome we're covering it early because there's an observation I've had in business specifically, which I think really translates over into the world of wealth creation and investing here. And I hope people can learn from it because this was a big challenge for me initially as well. I've met so many business owners across the years that are like a ship without a rudder. It is very not clear to me what they're actually trying to achieve. Like they're kind of trying to sell their company one day. They're kind of trying to be really cash flow positive. They're kind of trying to build a personal brand and also not have a business that requires them. Um, and it, there's all these really conflicting goals, which make it very, very hard for them to pick the appropriate strategies, tactics, basically ways to spend their time and resources to hit that. And I think it's a very, very common story. Now, when that happens in business, right, if you're trying to, in this example, trying to sell a company versus trying to be very highly uh, cash flow positive, there's things you're going to do differently. And they yep. can even counter the productivity of the others. So I think it's a really, really important thing. And I'll use an example. If you are trying to sell a company, you might want to diversify your uh, lead gen source or your marketing. So to a potential acquirer, maybe you're not just relying on Facebook ads. But if you're trying to be really profitable this month, you may see that if you're exploring these other marketing channels, it's going to cost you money. You're actually going to be less profitable while you find these other marketing channels where you might focus on the one because you uh, need the cash or you want to have a business that runs that way at that time. So even though they're both both great goals, conflicting strategies and also conflicting measurements, right? You don't know how to measure if you're doing the right things. 
So bring it over to the wealth creation space. And this is something where I ask a lot of people, I'm quite a, a good researcher, I like to think, one of my, my skills. It's become very apparent to me how many people, just, especially business owners, don't have wealth goals. Like they haven't set what's enough. What does enough look like? How do I identify milestones or things along the way that would help me know I'm on track or off track? There's just this like more, more, which is what my uh, young son Jack says when he wants something more. I I always relate it to like that one degree situation to use another aeroplane analogy. And right. So if you're one degree off center right at the start and you've propelled, like you amplify that over one year, five years, 10 years, it just becomes this so much further away from where you're originally planning, right? So, if you don't think about where you want to be in that 10, 20 years time, you're going to be so far off and it's going to take you so much longer to get back to where you want to be now. Like, it's crazy. Like, I come from software and there have been strategies which is, hey, it doesn't matter if we spend more to acquire a customer than we will earn from them within the first six months, 12 months. Why? Because it's around funding. It's around increasing users. It's around bringing more people on. But holy smokes, you you are leveraging that cost in order to get the funding, right? So, if you miss it and don't get the funding, you don't just have six months or 12 months that you've burned. You now need to overcorrect because you burnt so much money to do it. And to your point, it is the exact same thing with wealth creation, Right, like if you go and get a whole heap of debt, but focus on the wrong thing, you're sitting in a completely different camp to where if I had have sat down, taken the time to actually figure out, well, what is this thing? Where am I going? That's going to be a 10 times better approach to doing it. But before we sort of keep diving in and, and providing some basics and some fundamentals around this, why do you feel like Australian business owners get this so wrong like we're obviously spending saturdays and sundays and mondays and tuesdays the entire week thinking about our business and well what are we doing this quarter what are we doing this year and where are we trying to go if we do it at all but why can't we why can't we just pick that up and just put it into wealth (laughs) why can't why don't our brains just go well most of these concepts apply in business but not in my personal life is there like is it a barrier where's that gap Yeah. So, again, this is an opinion. I'm I'm sure there's exceptions to this continually, but I feel pretty strongly about this. Uh, Number one is I don't think there's a lot of people talking about it, and I hope this is one of the things this show changes. So, how many business owners do you share your wealth goals with? Yeah. Right, but we all brag about how many staff we've got or the cost per lead on a new campaign or whatever it is. So, I think it's hard to know what's comparable. So, if no one's setting a good example, it's like you don't know what you don't know. So it's left in secret and money's this taboo topic and you're a horrible person if you want to be wealthy or rich. And uh, of course, I'm broad stroking things there. I don't believe those. But I, I look at that laid in and it seems to be a very, very core problem here. So I look at, uh, again, no good examples, lack of money education. And then also money is a very emotional topic for a lot of people and they've got stories and narratives and it kind of ends up being one of these things we just want to pretend doesn't exist, but is also a very important factor in our lives. Yeah, and I, I always see, like, I came from a family where, like, money was kind of taboo, right? Like, it, and I've known other families where sitting around a dinner table, like, they would talk about bills and they would talk about things that happened. I'm just like, what? <laughs> you could talk about these things and you don't explode? Like, wow, this is interesting because I'm like, okay, this is fundamental uh, message that's imprinted in people's brains and it, it is that it's more of a taboo topic. But I think that 
on the other side, people use this wealth, and I've seen this personally myself, and again, that's my opinion, where people will either overinflate their wealth as whether it's a marketing for or their, I don't know, the narcissism that they've got, or they'll like run away from it where they, uh, or they feel like they're ashamed. They feel like to your point that, hey, if I do this, I might feel like I'm part of the rich, right? And I'll be excluded from my groups and things like that. But I think, it, I actually think at the end of the day, it, to your point, it should just be talked about. It should be open. Like you don't need to share your figures. Like you don't need to say, hey, I've got this exact amount in property and shares and stuff like that. But I think having those conversations around, well, what are you doing? As opposed to buy this share, buy this crypto, <laughs> buy this thing, right? Just having that conversation. Because one thing, like as I've had more conversations with other business owners, and I'm going to ask you about what your experience has been. I'm like, well, what are you trying to achieve through your business and your wealth? What are you trying to achieve? And you know what's funny? None of them don't want to work. They all love what they do. They all sit there and go, man, I, I, want, to, I want to enjoy business. And if I sell out and I make a boatload of cash, I'm like, well, what would you do? Open another business. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, great. And they're like, I might travel for a year, but I'm going to go back into business. And I think this comes back to this fascinating concept, which is most business owners don't want a $10 million house. Most business owners don't want a Ferrari and a Bentley. They want options. They don't want to sleep like with one eye open. They don't want to be stressing about payroll. They just want the option to work 40 hours, work 60 hours, work 10 hours, go on a holiday, do X, Y, and Z. Like in your experience, and I know you talk to quite a lot of people around this whole wealth creation part. Like what have you seen and what are people saying to you about it? I just have to laugh about one of your comments there. I, every time I take a holiday, right, and if let's say I've, I can remember one distinctly for my 30th, um, we were gone for a, a number of weeks. And I was like, by day six, I was uh, criticizing every business we came across, <laughs> wanting to take it over, thinking about starting as their competition. Oh, this is how I would run the hotel. Oh, this is what they did. And I'm like, time to go home. <laughs> <laughs> and I need to get back. To the yeah, business <laughs> absolutely it's i'm getting itchy again and uh i think that's true for a lot of business owners um to uh answer that question more directly though the thing that i found most profoundly about that is that when i've asked a lot of people about how they're thinking about money and what they do from their business there's two distinct responses two one is i'm the first person that's ever asked them that and they have no idea this is like a new question that they haven't really thought about and that's perfectly okay and i hope they do think about it but then the second one and this is the one that concerns me is complete deferment of responsibility. Yes. They just go, yeah. right, uh, oh, I just use this person, go do this. I'm like, what do they do? I'm not really sure. Are they doing well? Not really sure. And I go, well, how are you measuring them or holding them accountable? And I'm like, not really sure. And I'm like, if this was a person who worked in your business, would you accept that? And, yeah. like, and I'm like, oh, that, ma- that makes me really nervous. It makes me really nervous. And the reason I say that is if you don't have to go back that far to like the global financial crisis – is that unchecked uh, responsibility can be incredibly dangerous if you don't know what you're actually uh, investing in or doing. And there's endless examples of this. The dot-com boom, like, it doesn't take much to go back to realise where many people have been done by overly optimistic financial advisors that weren't hold to account. And I I just want to make a point here. No one is ever going to care more about your wealth and success than you. So if you don't drive it and take responsibility for it, it is very likely you won't get the results um, that you're looking for there. So that, that's that been a huge part of the experience I've had in talking with people. Yeah, and from my side, it's been very similar. 
But the one thing I'm going to add to the top of it was when I did ask, like, everybody is focused on wealth creation. They, they have this part of their brain that, like, yes, this is important. And so, when I dive a bit deeper to say, well, what are you doing? It comes back to tactics. Oh, I'm in crypto. Okay, well, like, how does that align to what you're trying to achieve? Like, are you going to, are you trying to double your money? Like, is that part of a bigger strategy? Where does that sit? Have you looked at where crypto sits in the greater scheme of the world? Like, what research have you done? And it's like, oh, no, a f- friend of mine a fr- told, friend me. told me. <laughs> a friend oh, told me. <laughs> and, and I picked on this. Like, I, I pulled this thread and I said, okay, so the money that you put in, like, what, like, what are you trying to get out of it? And most people said, similar to what you were talking about, like two camps. One was, it's a small enough money where I can outsell it. So, if it goes to nothing, who cares? I'll just go and sell more in my business. Interesting. But then the second side of it was, oh, well, it's just I need to store some money somewhere and it may as well be there. I'm like, well, have you looked at anything else to try and reel on it? Compared no. them? Like actually had a look at the differences? Yeah, it, was, it was like, no, I just don't like shares. And so, I thought crypto was going to be it. or And that's just one example. There are myriads of people with a whole heap of different examples. I know people who own apartments, people who own a lot of shares, ETFs, etc. Um, but they all come back to this, yeah, a friend told me. And I, I, I feel from my personal experience and what I used to do, it's a high risk, high reward. I'm an entrepreneur, right? I want to live on the edge. I want to put money into one thing and like 10x that. Right, like I want to be able to go and put money, like I do in a business, into ads and into into sales, and go bam. I know that thing's going to like five x, ten x, and I'm going to be wrapped. And so I I used to a- apply the same concept and methodology to investments, <laughs> but I'm like high risk, high reward, baby. If this thing burns, that's fine. I I can earn more and do it again. <laughs> I do think business owners are particularly susceptible to crypto. I am going to mention that now. It's like the thrill, the rush, much like business, as we pointed out here, it's like going to be way more attractive to many business owners due to our nature, right? We are risk takers as business owners. I think that does align in a, in a huge way here. Really, really does. And also I've been burnt on tips. <laughs> Why well, I'm particularly bitter on it. I was talking to a mate of mine and he's just like, and he's, he's very successful, done very well for himself. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like, where do you get your advice from and stuff? He's like, oh, I read it all and I have to understand it. And he's like, as a matter of fact, one story, the only time I ever invested in shares based off someone else's recommendation was the most amount of money I ever lost. <laughs> and I'm like, and he's like, never again. I let my guard down once. And, I'm, and, and we're talking six figures. Like, we're not talking a small amount. And he's just like, I'm never going to do it again. I'm like, isn't that interesting? So, coming back to this goal concept... Right, so we understand a little bit more about okay, well, our experience and why we've chased sort of previous investments in the past and what some people that we know are doing and how they've approached it. So when people come in and they go, okay, well, Charlie, how did you approach it? <laughs> so you you love the high risk, high reward, and but now you understand something a little bit more meaningful. Like, how did you look at this when you realised that great me just going for a ten x approach is probably not what I need. Uh, what what kind of calculation or what kind of methodology did you have in the back of your head when you're like, hmm, this is what I'm going to apply? Yeah, so I, I first had to fight some resistance internally. I must admit, I was someone who was accumulating with no real vision of when or how or like what enough is. Uh, that was definitely me. 
Um, the second thing I had to really get over internally, and uh, you touched on this earlier, is like I my view of what I'm doing is I don't want to retire. Like the idea of sitting on a beach or doing nothing for extended periods of time is just not appealing. Like I want to feel productive and do meaningful things. Yeah. So I looked at it and said that um, I really had to get some like why behind it. I said, okay, well, why is this important for me? And I, I came up with a, a few reasons. Is Number one is I want my family to be looked after regardless of what happens in business. Like if I make a silly move or do something that uh, ends up backfiring, I want loved ones to be looked after and the ability to reset the deck. That's right, a huge point one for me. Um, the second one was is that there's been many times earlier on in business where I've had to do work I didn't want to do, work with people I don't want to work with, uh, make uh, sales and produce a forced result because I've got to make payroll. Um, I'm very fortunate that's not my story today, but I never liked that attitude. I think it's a, a very difficult way to do business. So the second like big why I put behind it was no longer being forced into the work I don't want to do and I can be way more selective with what I do. Or if I want to take a longer term view, like one of the things I'm actually like this podcast is like I don't expect anything to come from it for like 12 months. You can't do those types of projects or do these types of things if you've created this whole envisionment around uh, not having other ways to produce an income, Yeah. right? I can go, all right, cool. Well, for the stage I'm at now, if I don't want to earn income for a certain amount of time, I can live off some of this and then write books, become a writer. Who knows? What's a notoriously uh, career that is writing is one of those ones, like if you want to write movies, it's like you can be broke for ages before you make it. Or you want to be an actor or whatever it is, you know, but those, those types of things become more appealing. So I, I really stacked that there and said that, you know, wealth creation for me, again, is about, you know, why I want it and building that desire was a very, very crucial step. Um, but then the second one that comes into it, um, which I think is really, really important and what I love here is that money is so tangible and trackable. Yeah. So tangible. All right. It's like, you know, in accounting, like much like our business every month, a set of documents that can come up to be very numbers focused to tell me where I'm at, if I did better or worse in the last month and like how if I'm moving closer or further away from my goal. So I did a bit of research and there's like a, a ton of different methods out there for it. But the one I ultimately landed on for me, and this is just how I like to do it, is I said, well, number one, I want to own the house I live in outright, the house I want to live in. Okay, so that's a crucial first step of like that's important to me um, in having options and it just being a, a safe nest is what I wanted for the family. But then from there, what I was desiring is to create a portfolio that produces enough cash flow to support my living expenses and lifestyle expenses. So that would mean regardless of if I earn money in business or earn nothing is that those cash flows that come in from the investments would be able to support my living costs endlessly or lifestyle endlessly. And I created a set of targets off that and I, that worked really well. So I'm, I'm happy to disclose this. This is not uh, particularly like, I'm sure this is true for a lot of people. Like house is going to be different depending on where you want to live. So you need to set that for yourselves. But then I looked at it and said, well, look, we can live pretty comfortably. And this is base living costs, right? This isn't lifestyle costs, right? So this is food, power and electricity, insurance, um, like household cleaning products, those types of things, the essentials. I said, we can live pretty comfortably and have very good qualities in these areas for about 72 to 80 grand a year. Like that's our basal living cost there. And I said, first stage for me is covering that. If I'm able to create that, that would be awesome. So I need to go out and seek a vehicle that could do that. And then from there, I was like, well, I set a few markers on like ideal lifestyle. 
And this is where things like, you know, nicer cars, if you want to buy a Subaru WRX. <laughs> uh, I, can't, I, can't, I can't help myself, right? I'm a um, Fast and Furious kid. The uh, Colin McRae Rally Games, Gran Turismo. I can't help it, right? I'm, it's like it's nostalgic for me. I'm going to get one at some point. And it's uh, anyway, we'll leave that out of here. But I started to build on top of those and go, well, these are the next milestones where that type of lifestyle would be covered by that. So that's how I've thought about it and constructed it is going um, basal living costs as one things and making that a milestone. And then what I would like to live on in an ideal lifestyle where what I want to buy and have and do is the uh, next ones up from there. And I'll, pro- I'll probably set some more, right? Because if you have a business, you can always keep earning more if you want and grow that. It's not something I'm looking to turn off. Yeah. And I, I similar kind of journeys, but, but quite different in a sense. Because I came back, so when I started business and I look back at it, everything that I earned, I reinvested in business. Business was my jam. I've, I've gone on the record to say that I will never stop working. I will be like the Warren Buffett of the world, which is I'll be 90 on my deathbed, like doing in a boardroom doing something. All right. I'll, I'll have this on the record as well. I'm happy to get it tattooed, but if I'm like near the end and I'm still on the phone trying to close a deal or close someone at a sale, I'll be like, Life well lived. Greatest life. Greatest <laughs> life. And so, and so the, that was my dream, right? And so, what I did was dude, I was working 80 to 100 hour weeks and I loved it. Like, I, you never need to ask me to get out of bed at 4 a.m. in the morning. I will jump out of that bloody bed and I will dive into whatever I'm diving into. And so, what I did at the start of my journey was I kept investing in more and more businesses. But the challenge, which only upon reflection did I realize was how do you spread yourself so thin? Like you really have to have some good operators at the helm of every single one of those businesses where I was the one at the top of those businesses. And so naturally, like I sold some, closed some down, et cetera, and then started going, okay, what are the bigger opportunities so I can use my own knowledge to try and grow that? So then I got into some software companies and et cetera, which I've shared before. But looking at those businesses, I'm like, okay, well, these are focused on like, big exits it's all about trying to increase users and all of these kind of things and over a period of time uh hazel my wife and i have quite a lot of conversations with like when are we going to start a family when is this going to bear significant fruit to go and do whatever we want it to do and just repetitively it was like okay well if you're investing money into all these businesses which i still have some investments to this day like at what point do we bring some of that home at what point do you stop playing the game of business and start playing the, the, the family game, <laughs> right? And so, and I have a lot of credit to give to Hazel to actually say, like, where are we at? Like, is this just going to be a forever game? And I'm like, I love this game. I'll play this game forever. I couldn't care less if I live in a studio apartment with a terrible car, which I don't. But I'm like, as long as I get to play my game, I'm having fun, right? And so, those tough conversations that we had was, okay, now I need to solve this. Right, because my decisions are not just impacting me anymore, it's now impacting a greater part of my life, which is obviously my, my wife and the future family that we're going to have together. And so, that was like how I kicked off of going, okay, what is this investment game? And so, it all came back to me, which is slightly different to you. So, we travel a lot. So, I've lived overseas for about five, six years of my life. Um, like we. We're currently in Gold Coast. We're about to go up to Noosa. Like we, we bounce around. So like having a, a, a location to live permanently as a owner occupier, yeah, like great, cool. We can do it. We don't have to do it. We can, like it, it's an option, right? 
So for me, the very first step for us was, okay, what are our living expenses, including rent slash mortgage, wherever we get to, and what do I need to bring in from some kind of wealth or assets in order to cover that? So if Hazel didn't want to work, she didn't have to work. If I wanted to focus on different things from a business perspective, I could focus on different things. It doesn't matter. And so the way that we calculated that was similar to you. It was what was the basic needs, utilities, insurances, rent, mortgage, all those kind of basics. But then I also factored in a little bit of inflation over time. So I'm like, okay, what does this look like in 10 years in order to support me in about 10 years time? And so we landed at a gross figure of about 120. And I said, you know what? If I've got assets pulling in 120 cash flow per year, we can still live wherever we want to live. If we want to find a home base, we can find a home, home base. We can do whatever we want. And then go for that. And then the second part of our strategy is, okay, when we hit that 120, what are we going to do from paying down some debt? Because we have have assets in different entities, right? And so we've got some personal names in other entities, et cetera. Just one one point I'm going to come in on there because we haven't necessarily spoken about these yet, but you're referencing that you've got property in your strategy here and there is some debt attached to those properties. So at some point, you're going to address that debt just to clarify that point. Yeah, perfect. And so step two for us is that reducing that risk, right? Which there's minimal risk on it now, but it's, yeah, we've got debt on some of our assets and we're going to look to pay it down. And then what we're going to do is reassess and reshoot, right? Maybe we care more about, I don't know, having cash reserves. Maybe we care more about having uh, net value in equity in, in properties or maybe more shares or something like that. But we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we, when we cross it. So we have the, our two very distinct goals, that we're pushing for right now. And so that's kind of where we sit around that whole, how do we calculate it, but where are we going for? Yeah, I tell you what, I I love that we have a different approach here because I think you can take different approaches to this. You really can. I'll I'll give you another one I've heard is you pick the income you want to live on. So let's say a hundred grand you want to live on. I'm just making it up arbitrarily. And then you times that by 25 and that's what you need to have in assets. Now, it's a bit of a different way in thinking about it that that would necessarily produce the income you want per year or the asset value per year that's appropriate here. But it's like there are different ways to get here just as long as you're aligned to the ones that work for you. Like for me, it's very important to own my house. I like that. I like sleeping in a house I own. It makes me feel good. But that doesn't have to be if you're a uh, globetrotter. Like all your nomads. No. Then uh, <laughs> Just label me, why don't you? Just- I will, absolutely. <laughs> I, I no think it's a really there. interesting thing. It's a, a really interesting way to think about it here and it's nice to have different ways to approach it. I also really like the milestone strategy for thinking about this of like, you know, basic living expenses cover number one and then you can focus on increasing your lifestyle. One of the pushbacks I will um, go with now that I've had and I always like to rebuttal this or think about it because I think this is so important for business owners I've had a few people push back on me and say, Charlie, you shouldn't be focused on cash flow as a primary metric. You should be focused on asset value as a primary metric. I've had a lot of pushback on that and there's reasons for it. I'm going to tell you is that if you are focused on asset value, you would do things differently, which may be more tax advantage. So again, this might be a negative gearing strategy or investing in shares that don't pay a dividend. So they're just a growth strategy from there. And I completely concur. I go, look, if your goal is growth, I think that's fantastic. But as a business owner, um, I just really value cash flow differently than you might because I want to create options in what I can do. Like options is the game where I don't necessarily want to be reliant on the growth of an asset or having to sell an asset to capitalize on that. And then here's the icing on the cake. 
Let's say you get to your 120 grand in your example grant and you go, do you know what? Should have focused more on growth stuff. I want to focus on growth stuff. You can change the goal. Correct. So you can go from here, I've got this 120 grand a year. I'm going to buy growth stuff from it. Like, and you totally can. Like, and again, I make this point because I think our society in general has become very, very um, obsessed with putting people in camps. Like, yep. you couldn't change your mind, Grant. You're a cash flow investor. You've got to be all, all focused on cash flow. Got to be in the property camp or the shares camp or the crypto camp. And I, I really want to um, just dissolve that and go, we're, we're all in the same kind of boat here trying to take on the same journey. Yeah, you can take a few different paths or make a few different goals. But if you're making progress towards that, I think it's great. Now, if your goals are a little bit different to mine and you need to change your route or the boat you've got's a little bit different, that's completely cool. But you can always adjust your course and change your course. If you've been growing a business for five years and you go, look, I want to sell this thing now. I was focused on profitability and cash flow. Now I want to make it a saleable asset. Just change the direction. Like it's completely okay to do that. But I think not setting a goal, not taking a direction, not being in this game is, uh, or thinking about these things is what ultimately ends up hurting a lot of business owners. But I also look at it from like a paralysis analysis situation, right? Where you're like, oh, there's so many different options for me to choose from. Oh, how am I going to consume it all? And I've, I've done this. I've read share books. I've read property books. I've read it all. And I'm just like, oh man, there's so many options here. You know what's easier? Not making a decision. But the one thing that I've got taught many years ago was from a lot of the decisions you make, what is the fallback position? What are, what are, you, what are you really risking? So I'm going to play your scenario and my scenario forwards a little bit here, Charlie. So imagine you go, cool, I'm going to pay off my house. And you start paying off your house, you get a 50% paid off or 100% paid off. And you go, ah, that was the wrong strategy. What have you really handed off? Nothing. Because what? You can go and get a mortgage again on the house. Yeah, you can refinance. Exactly. So you go, okay. So that's really, really there is no negative to that. Oh, you, but, could, or, you could argue opportunity cost, I will you say. Could, you could. But, but like, are you really <sighs> in that bad of a position, however? If no, you, you, still take, ma- you still made progress. You yeah, absolutely and, still made progress. And it's the same for us with our 120 goal. I'm like, if I got to 60 and I'm like, ah, you know what? I should have focused more on asset growth, right? And I'm like, okay, cool. That now I'm just going to pivot and focus more on asset growth. Am I really going to be upset with 60K coming in every single year? Like, no. <laughs> like, this, I don't think there'd be anyone listening to this where there's like, oh man, you made the wrong choice. Like, that's, that's going to forever tarnish you. And it's, it's not the case. And so I always look at this as just going, just make a decision. But what we try and cover off in Asset Blocks Business Owner Edition is things that you might not have thought of. Right. So to your point, Charlie, like the risk that you have to think about within your business, you have to pay payroll. You got to deal with the Decembers and Januaries of the world where most of the time for most of us, it's, it's pretty quiet uh, unless you're an e-commerce and you make quite a bit of cash. But most of us is like, okay, cool. What am I going to do through that? How am I going to support it? Most of us have peaks and troughs. Most of us have to sit on cash to support through those peaks and troughs, right? You don't want to be looking over your shoulder at assets going, oh man, am I going to get liquidated? Uh, is someone going to get knock on my door? Am I going to do these things? And so as as this podcast continues in its journey, we are going to be uncovering a lot of the thinking that I have put into my portfolio and Charlie's put into his portfolio and, and how we've approached it that maybe you as a business owner haven't thought of. So Charlie, this this has been one of those topics. It's, I, I reckon we could continue talking about this for a couple of hours. <laughs> but it's... It's something that is just the eye-opener of people going, right, 
there are so many different approaches. You and I have got a different approach. There's so many different concepts. It's more about having the goal. And you've heard a couple of different examples here. But if you have found this valuable and you are looking to get access to any of the calculators or templates or checklists that we talk about here, we make it all available over at assetblocks.com.au. So click on the free resources and get access to anything. And if you did enjoy this and you also want to continue on the journey that we're sharing, be sure to subscribe to the podcast or even share this episode with someone else that you think is going to get value from it. So thank you again for joining us and we look forward to catching you in the next episode of Asset Blocks Business Owner Edition.